Well, this afternoon, we are going to do something a bit more in the way of a biblical survey, but only of one particular book. And uh, so it's, yes, it's a sermon, but a little bit different in that uh, it is going to cover some information about one particular book. And uh, so it does have the aspects of teaching along with preaching, I guess, as well. The pastor of a church has the role of pastor teacher. And uh, when you look at the gifts to the church and what Ephesians 4 says about a pastor, it talks about that pastor teacher role. And uh, I think some think it's kind of one uh, together, sort of like Wonderful Counselor we talked about this, this morning, where uh, the pastor-teacher is, is two things in one. Although a pastor, if you say that word, has the idea more of the shepherding and ministry to the sheep. And of course, teaching would be that ministry from the pulpit. But then we have the word preaching as well. So what does it all mean? Well, uh, it has been said that teaching instructs us in our mind and preaching is to go to the heart. And uh, so I pray then with what we're doing this afternoon is teaching preaching that uh, there's certainly that sense of instruction and uh, education to have from what we look at and then also the, the blessing of God's word and what it tells us. So uh, this is a survey of the Psalms. That's what we're going to do this afternoon, a survey of the Psalms. And we're not going to look at individual Psalms per se. We're going to read from one Psalm and then give some information that's vital to know about the Psalms themselves. And it would possibly be sort of a springboard of any of these things you'd like to look into further yourself. You could certainly do that, but uh, I trust that it'll be helpful and instructional. And it might be noteworthy too, I don't know. Uh, I talked about at lunchtime taking notes, so I hope that that's the case, that something that you're inclined to do, this would uh, provide that opportunity to do that. So a survey, an overview of the Psalms. Our scripture reading this afternoon is going to be found in Psalm 103. If you'd like to turn there, Psalm 103, and I'll read the entire Psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, 
So far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his host, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. May the Lord bless that reading to our hearts here today. As we do this overview, I'm going to look at the Psalms in four or five different ways, some things that I'd like to emphasize, and uh, some specifics about the Psalms that I hope would be helpful in understanding this book. First thing that I generally like to begin with if it's possible or necessary, and that is a definition. We have this book of Psalms, and I've wondered, maybe you've wondered, what is a psalm? It's not a term probably that would be familiar to us apart from the, the scriptures necessarily, but what is a psalm? Well, I went to a uh, dictionary, a biblical dictionary, that deals with definitions of Bible words, and here's what I came up with. A psalm literally is talking about music, and it's a striking of strings or chords on a musical instrument. And that kind of surprised me when I saw that particular definition, but when you read the psalms, it talks about how the instruments should be used to bring praise to the Lord. And so we have the instrument of our voice, which we've been using here today. We have the instruments here. And uh, if I understand a piano correctly, it's actually a stringed instrument. Uh, there are hammers, right, that hit those strings. And so it's technically a stringed instrument. And certainly the violin obviously is a stringed instrument. And I actually brought an instrument into pastor's study. It's a uh, classic Gibson acoustic guitar. And uh, I thought about trying to do a psalm with our musicians and kind of shied away from that. But that doesn't mean it won't happen at some point. So, uh, but nonetheless, uh, it, it, was, it was made the same year as my birth. So that made it kind of special to obtain this guitar recently. So if we have any guitarist here and you want to take a look at it afterwards, just let me know. But a striking of strings or chords. And I, as a, somewhat of a, I know enough about music to be dangerous, I think is the way to say it. But uh, I love music. I appreciate music. And uh, on my guitar, or on piano keys, or, you know, you can hit strings, and it doesn't sound like anything. I mean, yes, it has sound, and it is like an E string, or an A string, or whatever, you hit those strings. But it's when you put your hands into play up here, or 
uh, here if you're a pianist and you begin to be able to make music by the chords and uh, the patterns that are made. So um, when you think of the Psalms, as we've already practiced here this morning and this afternoon, you may think of music and that's not a problem. And we'll explain that more in just a few moments. But I want to give you some background, first of all, after our definition. What is some background about the Psalms? Well, the Hebrews called the Psalms the book of praises. And then if we kind of expand upon that a bit, that's what we are doing when we read the Psalms or sing the Psalms. We are giving praise. And for the Hebrews, that was their book of praise. Now, the Psalms are considered actually in two categories. One's probably well known to you in that it's poetry. And uh, I can't say that poetry was something that I enjoyed in a school secular sense. But here we have inspired poetry of God. And of course, David is one of the key authors of the Psalms and how he pens these words uh, by the direction of the Spirit of God. But it's also in the category of what we would call wisdom literature, wisdom literature. And there are other books in that category too, the book of Job, which would be literally the oldest book uh, in the Bible because of how it predates many things that uh, we know of in the canon of scripture, but Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon are in that category of wisdom literature. If you were to look at your uh, Bible, and I'm sure that most of them would uh, do this particular thing that uh, I'm about to give as far as information. It's divided into books. And uh, some of the Bibles probably don't have that as a part of the division, but uh, they are divided into five separate books, categorized chapters 1 through 41, 42 through 72, 73 through 89, 90 through 106, and then 107 through 50, and these are the divisions of the book of Psalms. But one of the biggest themes in all of the Psalms is the importance of relating all of life to God, the importance of relating all of life to God. And when I think of that, probably verses three and four in our text would help to explain that because our God is one who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and with tender mercies. So we as believers certainly live in the realm of all of life as lived to God. We know from our catechism what our chief end is. And so scripturally speaking, we know that then whether we eat or drink, or whatever we do, we're doing it all to the glory of God. So the Psalms help us with that, and that theme of living life in that way. Now we can also say that the Psalms are actually a book of prayer, because many of the expressions that you find being made by the psalmists, and mainly David, are expressions of prayer to the Lord. And there might be in a very difficult situation, a very sad situation, discouraging, uh, troubled situation. I mean, there's all kinds of context from which they're written from. 
but nonetheless, uh, when they're expressed, they're basically expressed as prayers unto God. And speaking of this by the Hebrews as a book of praises, then the Psalms were also the Old Testament Jewish hymn book. So it means that the Psalms were meant to be sung. It was a hymn book for the Old Testament believer. And uh, what is interesting, at least for me, and I can't speak of your perspective, but until I became an adult, I never had exposure to the singing of Psalms. Although the scripture tells us in the New Testament that we are to make melody in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so the songs are made to be sung. And it's interesting that in our hymnal that we have here at uh, this church, where we were at the beginning of our service, the back of this particular uh, hymnal were individual psalms that were set to music that we could sing. And uh, actually there are entire psalters that are available with all 150 psalms set to music. And uh, if you've heard in certain quarters, even in America, but certainly in the UK, Scotland in particular, they sing only the Psalms and they have no uh, musical accompaniment to it. So it's only their voice that's being used in singing. But uh, that's fine if that is their conviction to do so. I'm thankful that uh, we, like with this hymnal, sing Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, but I'm glad that we sing the Psalms. I think it's important to do so because they were made uh, to be sung. It's interesting that when you read about the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 26 and the time when the Lord's Supper had been instituted, that uh, after they had sung a hymn, the Bible says, but it literally that underlying word is Psalm. So they were singing something from the Psalms, the Old Testament scripture after that institution. So it's definitely uh, right to do. It's something that we should do. And uh, I think uh, God commands us to do that as well. So that's some background, again, of this particular uh, book that we're looking at. Now let's be more specific, not just in background, but in uh, a couple of facts. And this is very interesting to know as we are Bible believers and give ourselves to the reading of the scripture that the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament is the Psalms. Maybe that's not surprising, but the most quoted book in the New Testament is the Psalms. And the most often quoted Psalm in the New Testament is the Psalm that we're going to read now, Psalm 110. I'd like to turn a few pages to Psalm 110. I'd like to read this psalm here because it is the most quoted. Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord 
At thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. So that Psalm 110 is the most quoted psalm, most often quoted psalm, psalm in the New Testament scriptures. Now I'd like to do one other thing by way of object lesson that is in your lap in the scriptures. And I think this is very interesting. You may be aware of this, but if you would just turn to Psalm 119 for a moment. Psalm 119 is the longest psalm. It has 176 verses. And there's something that most Bibles contain and uh, I'm not going to say across the board because I, there may be some that don't, but certainly the authorized version that I have has divisions and they have uh, symbols there with words. And of course, that is the Hebrew alphabet. And as I'm looking here, I see olive, bait, gimel. And what God has done by way of the author and inspiration is that every verse in those sections, whether it's olive, or bait, or gimel, or on through the entire alphabet, every verse begins in Hebrew with that particular letter. Now Hebrew is read this direction, it's backwards. And so uh, the uh, verses here though would still begin, even though you're reading in the opposite direction, with that letter each time. So that's an amazing thing in itself. All eight verses here in verses one through eight begin with all of them. Then the next eight verses with bait, and then gimel, and on and on it goes. So the, uh, if you have a Hebrew Bible handy, you can see that. But maybe you're like I was as a child. I'd see that, and I wondered, what's, what's that all about? You know, what is this? And uh, it's there for a reason. And that is something that uh, is uh, helpful and food for thought, that if you become a Hebrew scholar and uh, study Hebrew, you'll say, oh, wow, look, this is exactly like Pastor Chris said. It's the same uh, section begins with that letter in each particular section. So just some food for additional thought. When we talk about the Psalms, but when we talk about all of Scripture, there's something very important, especially concerning the Old Testament, and that is to find Christ in all of Scripture. Now obviously in the New Testament that's very easy because he's incarnate and he's speaking and we have the words recorded. But it's also good for us to know that uh, the Old Testament scriptures speak of Christ. And uh, my next section here are the Christ-centered Psalms. Now the term that we've already used this morning, but that is given to the Psalms that speak of Christ, of course, are Messianic. Of course, Christ is the New Testament word, Messiah, Messianic is the Old Testament word, the anointed one. So <clears throat> there are certain psalms that almost exclusively speak of Christ. Now we'll give you a hint. One of those we've already read, Psalm 110. So that's great to know that the most quoted psalm is speaking of Christ. But I wanted to list for you psalms that are specifically in the Messianic category. And again, we find Christ in all of Scripture, but in particular, I want us to see it uh, in these places. The first is uh, Psalm chapter 2 and then Psalm 16 
Psalm 22, Psalm 24, Psalm 72, and again, as mentioned, Psalm 110. So Christ-centered psalms, messianic psalms. Now what I'd like for us to do in the application of this is to see how Christ himself used the psalms. Now I did allude to a moment ago that when Christ instituted the Lord's Supper, they sang a psalm before their uh, departure. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ used the psalms to preach himself. And I want us to see this from the Gentile author that I mentioned this morning, the passage that we read from Luke, but we're not looking at the birth of Christ, but uh, later, right before his ascension. So if you'll turn to Luke 24, we're going to see this kind of full circle, as I like to call it, of showing how not only do these psalms speak of Christ, and we have several specific Christ-centered psalms, but Christ himself preached himself from the Psalms. So turn to Luke 24. We'll read just a few verses here. To set this up for you in the context, this is the Emmaus Road sermon that the Lord Jesus preached. And I can still remember after all these years, my pastor who in 2023 became 90 years of age. I always remembered one of his illustrations. He was born on the third month and third day of 33. So that was easy for us to remember, 3, 3, 33. So he's upcoming, Lord willing, to his 91st birthday. And I remember him preaching a sermon called the Seven Mile Long Sermon, because that's the distance that this went before Christ vanished from these disciples' eyes. So I want you to see here what Christ did concerning himself and his connection to the Psalms, beginning here in verse number 44. Now, Christ preached himself uh, to those Emmaus disciples, but then he makes another appearance to those who were gathered here uh, in this home. He appears out of nowhere. They're terrified. They think it's a ghost, and he comforts them, saying it is himself. And here's what he does, beginning in verse 44. And he said to them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And so here with the Old Testament division of the books and their grouping in the law of Moses, so we know the law, the first five books, in the prophets, which we looked at this morning, Isaiah being an example showing very clearly Christ to us, and now in the Psalms. And we read Psalm 110, or we could read Psalm 2, or Psalm 16, all these others, and they are clearly speaking of him. So Christ himself went back to these scriptures. And let me show you how he did that in verse 27 of the same chapter. Now this is with those Emmaus Road disciples. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now that would include it as we see here what Christ says, his quotation here in the latter part of chapter 24, how from Moses the prophets and the Psalms he preached all things concerning himself. So that's the importance that 
is given to us to see Christ in all of Scripture. And uh, that's why I love Old Testament sermons like we've had today that take us uh, to an understanding, give us that understanding of Christ in the Old Testament. Now our psalms that we've talked about today, we've had that definition, we've talked about some background, some individual facts, and then the Christ-centered nature. But uh, once again, for we as believers, the Psalter for us is also for our singing. It's kind of a double use, isn't it, that God gives us for this particular book, that we read it and are blessed by our devotional adherence to it as we read God's Word and memorize it, how Psalms themselves talk about the Word and how precious the Word is, God's law and how it should be hidden in our hearts, but then we can also sing it. And I think that's such an important part of our worship. I know when I've talked to Pastor Jeff, he always makes sure that I remember, you know, in the order of service, since I'm not here all the time, that there are hymns and there's always a psalm or two that's sung as a part of our worship. And that's something that I think is important because we are singing the scriptures and in particular with those select psalms, we are singing specifically about Christ himself. So I know that uh, from what we have looked at here this day, that uh, we've certainly had that Christ-centeredness from the Old Testament scriptures and from the Psalms, but uh, in every part of scripture, finding Christ and seeing Christ is uh, absolutely necessary. Let's pray. Father, we do praise you and thank you for all of the blessings that we enjoy. Father, we know that we are not deserving of all that you have done for us. Father, we thank you so much that as we spoke of the greatest of gifts that you gave unto us, your son, the Lord Jesus, that you so loved us that he was given, that he might give his life, that we could have life eternal. Father, we are blessed too as a nation. We are a nation that has many needs and many serious issues that we are facing. Lord, help us to remember that we are a nation as believers whose God is the Lord. And we thank you that Christ rules and reigns over everything. And we look forward to that coming when Christ will rule and reign forever and ever without end. Lord, we pray for your blessing upon your word. We thank you again for the privilege that you've given to us to come and to assemble in Christ's name to gather with believers, to sing the psalms, to sing the hymns, to pray and to have your word expounded. We ask for your strength from the word and may it be hidden in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Oh Lord, help us to be conformed to the image of Christ. Father, we pray that as we now look toward the new year coming that we would certainly set our eyes upon Christ, that all of our life would be lived for the Lord and for his glory. And Lord, help us to be reminded again that whatever we do, it is to be done for your glory. We pray for your blessing upon this dear congregation, upon the ministry of the free church, both here and, and other countries even, Lord, where they minister and have missions works as well. So we pray these things in the name of Jesus and for his sake, amen.